Mediated Conversation on SAFM. 25 minutes to 9, the time. Good morning. Glad you're with us this morning. Time for your Mediated Conversations. One of the ways to judge what's happening in a country, how things are developing, how our economies are changing, is to look at the property market. It's one of the reasons why people talk about property all the time. You can see where people are leaving, where they're going to. You can see if people have money to buy new homes, to buy their first home or to upgrade, or if they're selling their homes because they're no longer able to afford them. You can also have a look and see if people have confidence in the future or where they have confidence in the future. There are many variables to all of this. For example, interest rates play a huge role in house prices and whether people are actually able to afford homes. And there's some evidence that people are battling to maintain their homes at the moment. They can't pay their bonds. In some places, you can also see it's very hard to sell a property. We should also not forget that one of the dominant dynamics in our property market over the last 40, 30 years has been huge momentum behind a process that started only in 1990 when people were first able to move from townships into suburbs. So then, what's happening in our property market? What predictions can we make for next year? First this morning, you'll hear from Tim Akanusi, founder and CEO of the organization Mortgage Market. Then you'll hear from Carlo Mariani, founder of The Property Coach, a property investor who has looked at people investing in a property and helped them. And then finally, the chief economist at Econometrics on interest rates, Dr. Azar Jamin. We start then with Tim Akanusi. Tim, good morning and thanks for your time. Good morning and thanks to listeners. What movements are you seeing with your clients? What kind of trends can you see in terms of the properties that people are looking for, the properties that people are trying to sell? Yeah, look, the trend, I mean, there's nothing that is uniform. I think everything is very sector dependent. Um, So if you look in the more affluent uh, sectors where people are buying homes between um, two and a half to about five million, there is um, a great deal of variability there. That market is extremely thin at the moment. So it's an absolute buyer's market. Um, But uh, sellers are certainly not going to get value for their money. So uh, not a great time for them to sell their homes um, at this point. Uh, of course, in the more affordable housing and first-time home buyer market, that sector has always been quite resilient through the cycle. But, um, you know, there's, there's a lot more to it in that um, the economy and property both track each other very closely, and the economy isn't great, and uh, the health of the first-time home buyer, uh, we'll call it the entry-level market, also is taken a knock from the um, multiple interest rate hikes that we've had, the impact of inflation and food prices. All of these things have put massive pressure on uh, disposable incomes. So even they are facing a challenge of not just affordability, but also just keeping up with the healthy um, credit record. So there's, uh, there's not a lot of um, positive stories out there um, except to, you know, remind um home buyers that, uh, you know, the the property game is a long-term one. Um, it goes in cycles, um, so interest rates are very high at the moment relative to where they've been in the last two years, and it's likely to come down um, at some point in time. So they really just need to play the long game. Um, that would be my message uh, this morning. I'm glad you're so optimistic about interest rates. We'll speak to an economist in a moment. <laughs> Are there some signs that some people can't keep up their mortgage payments, they would rather sell their properties and rent, or that people are choosing to rent rather than to buy a first term, so they rent for longer? Yeah, absolutely. People are diving straight back into the rental market to try to um, stabilize the uh, the monthly cost of living, um, if I put it that, that way. 
Um, what's really happening right now is that um, everyone is in this wait-and-see mode, right? Uh, there's a wait-and-see mode when it comes to uh, even the buyers who can afford. They really are trying to find out, are we at the peak of the interest rate hike uh, cycle? And if we are, um, what does my job security look like? So there's uh, a lot more questions than answers at this stage um, for, uh, for buyers. But at the same time as well, um, this poses an interesting um, opportunity for investors. You know, if you are an investor that is cash flush, you can certainly pick up properties at like 20 to 30 percent uh, less of their market value, and you're likely to get um, you know good rental yields um, for these units. But you also have to be concerned about your tenant's ability to keep up with repayments. So um, there are all these dynamics at play, and uh, there's certainly no easy wins for anyone. Um, but one thing is clear is that property is uh, still very much the the key part of the South African economy, and um, everybody is, is connected to it one way or another, and uh, we certainly have to fix that alongside the economy as well. One of the things you see in the Gauteng suburbs is lots of for sale signs. Is it difficult for, to move those properties? Are they not getting buyers? I mean, if you say that investor, property investors can get them, you know, 30% below market value, that's a huge premium. And that, I mean, that really means that people are losing money when they sell these homes. Yeah, they are. There's a lot of for sale signs, obviously, um, showing that there's uh, um, a lot of people who are looking to change their situation when it comes to the property sector or, or the homes that, that they're in. And um, the reality is that there aren't any buyers. Uh, the market has been down more than 30% um, in the sort of like the core mass market. So there are not even enough people putting in applications to the banks to actually apply for home loans to, to purchase. And so we've seen a 30% drop in that, in that, um, in that sector. Uh, and at the same time, you are also not seeing people achieve the values that they are expecting in the market. So in some sectors, for example, in the East Rand, I mean, um, if you put your house in a market now for a million rand, you will likely to get anywhere between uh, maybe 850 for it, 900 at, at its top end. All depends on the condition of your house and um, how long you're able to, to put it on the market for without falling into, um, you know, further etc. So, it, it, it's also very situation dependent, but certainly asking prices are not being achieved, and um, all these for sale signs eventually, um, you know, will have to sell at, at lower prices if we're to see an attraction in the market. Um, is there regional variability? So that's in Gauteng, the East Rand's a useful example. Is the Western Cape very different? And, of course, you'll, you know there's a lot of media talk, but it's hard to sort of gauge of how much movement of people there actually is from uh, Gauteng to Cape Town. And I know during the census, some people crunched the numbers there and suggested across the board more people were moving to Cape Town now than to Joburg. Absolutely. There are more people in Cape Town. That's this uh, immigration effect. Um, and what's happened there is that um, those individuals are moving into what you would typically term as like the uh, brand new developments, right? So uh, brand new developments is in vogue because the, the cost of acquiring those properties um, is a lot cheaper than buying a property that's already um, 
got a seller, uh, sorry, a buyer in it already. So you you are you are seeing that it is very very much the impact of COVID and the impact of work from home has meant that people can uh, you know can have more choice in terms of more choice and freedom in terms of where they choose to live and work. Um, and as a result of that, you, you're seeing pockets of demand in the Western Cape because uh, the economy is a lot more stable there, and there's a lot more um, positivity around property. Um, uh, prices there. So it's a really good investment in the Western Cape. I wouldn't say it is uh, sort of overly um, traded. I still think that there is more opportunity for first-time home buyers to purchase in the Western Cape and get value for money than if they did so in some of the smaller uh, towns or or, or or even in in Gauteng as well. Thank you very much indeed. Really appreciate the time. Tim Akinulsi is the founder and CEO of Mortgage Market. You with SFM. It's 16 minutes to nine. The time continue your immediate conversation around property. Carlo Mariani is the founder of the organization The Property Coach, a local property investor. Carlo, good morning. Thanks very much indeed for your time this morning. Good morning to you and to all your listeners. I suppose one of the questions is why are so many people trying to sell properties and why are there so few buyers? Is it just because people don't believe this is a good time to invest in the future? I think a a real critical issue is our focus on on short-term versus long-term. And uh, I'd like to to quote Bill Gates that says that we are so obsessed with what's going to happen in the next two years that we forget what's going to happen in 10 years. And I've been blessed to, to move to South Africa in 2000. And I clearly remember back then that the conversation wasn't far off what it is now. Property market is too expensive. The country is in a crisis. And, and back then, the average property price was about 200000 Now, the same property now would be about $1.3 to $1.4 million. So I don't know many people that bought in 2000 that says, well, I wish I didn't buy a property back in 2000. So that's a key sort of like point of reference. We're so obsessed with what is happening today, tomorrow, next year, and we really forget that property is a multi-generational wealth creation tool, uh, the most proven one uh, beyond what's happening tomorrow. Um, so where, are, so if people aren't really able to sell homes and people are leaving, where are they going? I mean, is it just the Western Cape or are they going somewhere else? Well, I don't have access to, to detailed data. And, you know, as you indicated, media has to publish a story. Um, so the, the Gauteng is, still remains a, a massive opportunity you know, we've got mega trends such as mass urbanization. You know, we recently had the release of the census data. And Gauteng continues to be the place where, you know, most people are moving moving to. So I think it's a very dangerous narrative to say invest in the Western Cape where everything is rosy and sell out of Gauteng because everything is, is gloomy. You have to be a lot more specific about the micro-selection of, of areas, the type of property you're going to buy, what price you're going to buy. Uh, if you're just going to go on generic hearsay, uh, you might just end up being very disappointed with your investment, even in the Western Cape. 
the movement of people from townships to suburb from townships to suburbs and we talk of mega trends that's probably also been a mega trend over the last uh, period is that process still having an impact i mean is that over the longer term likely to keep demand for properties in suburbs quite strong you know again i think we you just have to be um specific but it is definitely a a mega trend um mass urbanization is a key opportunity for the savvy property investor and what i have been recommending to literally thousands of growing and aspiring property investors is to focus on ordinary properties for ordinary south africans there is a massive unmet demand for those properties and if you buy now you're going to be smiling you know down the line 5 6 7 years down the line when interest rates go up and they've gone up dramatically in the last 2 years they were of course sort of artificially low during covid what impact do you see on house prices from interest rates how important are they as a factor in the short term they're important in the medium to long term they're highly irrelevant but i want to give a a very practical piece of advice to all the listeners which is to contact your bank and negotiate the interest rate you paying down call them and say i've been a good payer of my bond for the last 6 12 months and i now expect a reduction on the interest rate just uh, two days ago you know one of my students did the same thing and got a a 0.3% reduction in the interest rate and on a million rand over the course of 20 years that's a 48000 rand saving simply by placing a call sending an email i'm seeing in direct experience massive positive results in negotiating interest rates so don't just accept interest rates if you have been paying a bond for a year go and get that reduction and you will highly likely get some some very positive results Carlo Mariani I'm sure people are taking notes thank you very much indeed founder of the property coach a property investor in a moment interest rates and the outlook Dr Azar Jamin's director chief economist at Econometrics he's next it's 11 minutes to 9 Mediated conversation on SAFM. Continuing your mediated conversation around the property market and house prices. Dr. Azar Jamin is Director and Chief Economist at Econometrics. Dr. Jamin, good morning and thanks for your time. Morning, uh, Stephen, and to your listeners. It's one thing for investors to say property is for the long term; it will become more valuable. But interest rates are high now, which is what makes it so difficult to buy. How long do you think they're going to be so high for? I think the uh, outlook for interest rates is an interesting one. It they are in the process of peaking. I think there's very little doubt of that. However, one shouldn't necessarily look for them to fall all that much over the course of the next year or so. And that is because you are seeing governments around the world heavily overborrowed and still trying to prevent economic downturns from being too severe and that includes our own government and when the government is squeezing out the private sector uh, the way they are doing all around the world uh you will end up with uh, interest rates remaining higher than they would otherwise have been 
notwithstanding uh, inflation coming down. So, I mean, we talk about cycles in economics a lot of the time. Interest rates go up and down. There was a period, um, think of the 1970s, think in South Africa all the way through really the 1980s until the early 1990s, when interest rates were much higher than they are now. Unimaginable to people of my generation, but interest rates were, I think, at 25%, I think, at one point. Um, they then came down. Is there any reason to believe they would not ever have to go up to that kind of level again? It all depends on how successful uh, the central bank, in our case the South African Reserve Bank, is in quelling inflationary pressures. Uh, right now we are very fortunate that we've got uh, leadership in the central bank that is determined to prevent such an upward cycle in interest rates. But uh, if you get an irresponsible uh, reserve bank in place, if you get governments also, that's the other side of things, deciding as they are being exhorted to do by certain sections of society, forget about austerity, go out and spend and try and stimulate the economy and don't worry about how much you borrow, uh, then you could go back to uh, interest rates of 20% or more. As we've seen, I suppose, in Turkey would probably be the classic example of that for the moment. Well, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe is the classic example, <laughs> 100%. Do yeah, Dr. Jameen, a lot of people have this debate around paying for a home, so paying off a bond or renting. It can be a lot cheaper to rent, but you don't end up with an asset. One of our, uh, I think it was Carlo Mariani said earlier that, you know, nowhere in the history of the world has there been such a sort of powerful thing as home ownership. I know there are arguments against that as well, but, the, but, but different economies have different rates of home ownership, and that must be quite important to an economy. If you own a property, you behave in a particular way. If you rent a property, you may behave in a different way. You may move more often for jobs, for example. There's no question that that is correct. And unfortunately, certainly in Gauteng in the last few years, the premise of, uh, you know, property is the best thing to hold and own and uh, has really gone for a ball of chalk at the moment. As uh, Mr. Mariani suggested, you know, you have 30% declines in, uh, or Mr. Fanusi said, uh, you have had 30% declines in property prices and people have become poorer as owners as distinct from renting where you can probably rent a place now at the same uh, rental that you would have been able to rent it uh, 10 years ago, notwithstanding inflation in the interim. So the cost of rental right now is extremely low. In, but I think you've got to be very careful. South Africa is a very segmented property situation. Kauteng is down and out. People are leaving. It is really a miserable place for the property market. But the Western Cape is booming. So uh, I think one, and that the point has been made, but I, I think it's been even understated. The discrepancy between the two is unbelievable at the moment. You're also then going to end up with businesses following people, right? So you end up with an almost unbalanced economy. The centre of our economy is still Gauteng. It may one day, one day be the Western Cape. Uh, Durban's economies had huge problems as well. I mean, this, I mean, this has huge fundamental shifts for the way our economy looks and what our economy does. Gauteng centred around mining, mining nowhere near as important as it used to be. Uh, you're absolutely correct. What we're seeing in South Africa at the moment is deindustrialization. Mining and manufacturing are fading. 
services and tourism are picking up momentum and the whole locus of economic activity is shifting massively away from Gauteng towards the Western Cape at the moment. Obviously, politics comes into play here and uh, you've got a different uh, government in the Western Cape and that also uh, is uh, enticing people to go to live there right now. Will that last indefinitely? One doesn't know because uh, the machinations of politics could interfere with that uh, dynamic quite significantly and uh, upset the apple cart. It's a very interesting situation. And there's a lot of uncertainty with regard to forecasting property trends in South Africa right now. This uncertainty, we see economic uncertainty around the world as well. Um, there have been times of property booms in South Africa. I'm thinking just after 1994, I think in 2004, there was another one that went for several years. What creates a property boom? So low interest rates would be one we've already discussed, but I imagine also a feeling of confidence of the future. Without a doubt, confidence is a very important factor. And uh, I think uh, what is going to be very interesting, especially in Gauteng, is to see what the general election brings about next year, because this market is so depressed that it can turn on a ticky. And if there is any modicum of renewal of confidence in the outlook, uh, you know, Gauteng property prices could suddenly start shooting up, especially if they go hand in hand with a falling trend of interest rates, which could well uh, materialize through the course of 2024 and 2025. Dr. Azar Jamin, thank you very much indeed. Director and Chief Economist at Econometrics. My thanks also to Carlo Mariani, founder of The Property Coach, and starting us off today, Tim Akanusi, founder and CEO of Mortgage Market. Well, on that uh, point, we will leave it for today.